Today's Satellite Sisters is brought to you by Eloquy. For 50% off your first item and 40% off additional items, visit eloquy.com slash sisters and use our promo code SISTERS during checkout. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, August 23rd. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica. Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. Like, we're back on the Tuesday show. Here we go. It's Tuesday. Let's do this. All right, Liz, I like the lightness in your voice because that (laughs) is the spirit of the Tuesday show, okay? We go deep, shallow topics, right? (laughs) Yes, but it sounds to me like you have at least one serious topic. You told me in advance that you have a cautionary tale. I have a cautionary tale, uh, Liz. I am sporting a large wound on my jugular vein. I think it's my jugular vein. (laughs) You are not going to believe what happened to me. Okay. Okay. I want to hear about that. Uh, You're also speculating on what advice Tyra Banks would give Ryan Lochte. Right. I I have, we know, I know exactly what Ryan Lochte should do this fall. Okay. I've got the course for him. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Because I also have advice for Ryan. Uh, we've got some trends we're going to talk about. Um, this is like the season of college drop-off. Yeah. So we have witnesses in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Many of you are going through this right now. Leanne will be dropping her younger son, Colin, off at college next month. So Julie, you have perspective on this, advice on this? Well, and I have mainly wisdom from the Satellite Sisterhood, Liz. Uh, You know, there there are other parents that are going through this right now, and they have some solid advice. And I think Leon and others that are probably on the road today, uh, you know, getting ready to drop off sons and daughters, uh, we we have some advice for them. Yes. All right. And then headline, fish fraud. Yeah. Okay. Forget it. You think you're, you think you're eating snapper. You're not. Okay. That's it. (laughs) Okay. This all sounds fascinating, but I've got to hear what your wound is and what your cautionary tale is. Okay, Liz, here's the, here's the scene. Um, 6 PM at my house, uh, in the kitchen. Uh, and I have in front of me, um, I have a container of salad, of lettuce, you know, mixed lettuce greens, and a small container of organic, um, multicolored uh, cherry tomatoes. Okay. okay. And I'm eating- I love those. I buy those all the time now. I, I like- I, and yeah. my husband bought these. He went to Whole Food. Now, I, I mentioned Whole Food because you may want to take note of it when you, when you hear what happened. So- um, but I don't, I usually don't shop there, but he had picked up these two items there and I was in the process of assembling a salad for our dinner. And all of a sudden I felt this just incredible pain right at my neck, like this piercing pain. And I realized that I was being stung <gasps> by a bee, like in my jugular vein. <laughs> What? In my neck. Okay. In your, in your kitchen. In my kitchen. In my kitchen, Liz. Okay. I mean, you've just, I haven't had a bee, st- uh, bee sting in quite some time. They're very painful. They're yes. ba- and, and so I'm screaming. Now, of course, I've mentioned this, you know, on other shows. We have an open floor plan in our house. My husband was on some very important business conference call with California. And okay. And I'm screaming and running around. <laughs> 
because this bee is in my is on my neck. Okay, so I, I managed to swat it away, yeah. and then it still it had some life left in it. And then you know we put it we put the bee down. We put the bee down, Liz. Um, but. I'm just saying, I mean, my husband had to take the stinger out of my neck. You know, I mean, it was, it was, this was a bad situation. I had to put his conference call on hold, come out. (laughs) Medical emergency. Going to take a break here for a second. But I I have to tell you, this bee was not a Dallas-based bee, okay? I I know the bees around here. It wasn't a yellow jacket. It wasn't a big bumblebee. This was some sleeper cell bee, Liz, that was hiding in the cherry tomatoes, okay? Really? Really? Yes. Where else did this? I mean, this bee does not look like any other bees that we have around here. I mean, this bee came from somewhere else. He was in the cherry tomatoes. (laughs) It was a killer bee. Killer bee in the cherry tomatoes. That That is headline worthy, Julie. You've never had this happen. Have you no. ever seen that? Have you ever seen, you've never like had bought produce and found anything in your I've, I found an occasional bug, but never, a, they're a usually, bee. they're usually not alive and they've, and they've never been a bee. No, yeah. I've never found a live bee in anything I've purchased. Yeah. This was, I should have taken a picture of it. I didn't because there was so much screaming and pain going on in the kitchen at that moment. It doesn't occur to me to put this, uh, you know, on Instagram. But I, I'm I'm certain this bee was not from Dallas. I don't know where where he came from. Have you was, have you taken this up with customer service at Whole Foods? I I, I feel I, like I want to show them the giant wound I have on my neck. I had still quite swollen this morning, so um, I don't know. But that's it. So watch those cherry tomatoes, folks. That's all I can say. Hey, that does sound challenging. Wow. Well, my, my main challenge yesterday was what I would can only diagnose as just post-Olympic slump, Julie. Are you feeling it? Are you, you sad? Weren't you sad, sad. yesterday? Oh. Sad. I was like laying on my couch in the middle of the afternoon thinking, what's Katie Ledecky doing right now? <laughs> Where I wonder if Alice and Felix got home yet. You know, <laughs> like these are all your, your they're all your new friends. Yeah, I know. And I then, know. And there was just like no point. I mean, I, I, I loved while, well, while you and Leon were in Brazil, I just loved checking Twitter because there was always something exciting going yeah, on, like yeah. some happy news rather than what you would know, normally is on Twitter. <laughs> so, I know it just, there was, you know, there's nothing to watch on TV. There was no reason to turn on the television. I know. I know. It's so cold turkey when it ends. It seems so cruel. It seems like they should just wind it down over a series of days instead of, okay, here you go. Sunday night, we're all going home, you know, like, no, wait. So, uh, so yeah, I was definitely feeling the blues yesterday. So (laughs) in the late afternoon, I actually... I rewatched the closing ceremony, Julie. <laughs> Liz, that's hardcore. That is really that is a... well. Partly, it's because on Sunday night I had dozed off a little bit, and okay. so I really wasn't sure if you know Prime Minister Mario brother was yeah. like, was that a dream or did they actually do that? Was that it... was quite surprising, Liz. You see, Prime Minister Abe like come out of that green tube 
as yes, I know. one of the Mario brothers. <laughs> I think it's very promising for the 2020 Summer Games that that sense of whimsy that uh, that they you know when you have Hello Kitty in your you know first presentation about what we have to look forward to four years from now. I think that's a good sign. I do too, Liz. I think it will be fun. It's, it's, it's hard. That closing ceremony was, was really fun and so beautiful and so dramatic in the yeah. pouring rain. Um, and, uh, and it was, it's nice to think that, oh, you know what? I bet Tokyo is going to be really fun. Yeah. I mean, now that I think they did an excellent job of previewing sort of the spirit of the, um, 2020 games. Yeah. I had, um, I had dozed off at one point. And so when I woke up, I think it was in the dancing broccoli sequence. Did you not love them? I love those dancing broccoli. I thought they were great, Liz. They, they were great. That whole thing yeah. was great. And, but again, I'm like, is this really happening? <laughs> what country am I in? This is great. So the I thought the closing ceremony had even more of the spirit of Brazil than the opening ceremony had. You know, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. had that party flavor and you know once you get the samba float in there and you know the headdresses and the sequins and i thought i thought all of that was great um did you have a a favorite moment at all i had one that i thought oh my god that is just too adorable well i thought the olympic torch the cauldron or whatever you i thought it was the most beautiful ever i mean that whatever those how they designed that spinning whirling thing I, I just, that was my all-time favorite Olympic uh, cauldron, I guess oh. you could call it. <laughs> okay. So when, then they, when they had that Brazilian singer up there just singing her heart out in that driving rain, and I think then they added more rain for effect, or more water, yeah. I, I just thought it was a brilliant moment. Yeah. I mean, I just loved it. And I was so sad to see the flame go out. I was so sad. I don't know. How about you? Okay, I had two favorite things. Uh, One on the positive side, one on the negative side. My favorite thing on the positive side is when they showed how all of the athletes wanted to stop and take a selfie with Simone Biles. Yes, was that not adorable? She was, you know, she's so tiny. And most of the other athletes are like twice her size. Yeah. And the way like, and this was athletes from all over the world, not just, yeah. you know, her American teammates. And everyone's sort of hunching down and squeezing in and getting in a photo with Simone. I mean, I just thought that was incredibly adorable, wasn't it? It, she, it, she, well, she's an international star. And I read later that that actually slowed down the closing ceremonies because so many athletes were stopping to take the selfies with Simone <laughs> that it was, that they weren't filing into the stadium as quickly as they were supposed to be. So, okay. well, you know, that was, I, I, and I felt good about that too, because when she first came in, like carrying the flag is an honor, obviously. But then you realize, like, that's the least fun job you can have at the closing ceremonies. Because every all the other athletes are just, like, having fun and wandering around and dancing. And you think, oh, God, poor Simone has to stand there with the flag, which is, by the way, 
twice as big as she is. You know, she has to stand there in line with the flag this whole time when all of the other athletes get to cut loose. So I was starting to feel sorry for her until I realized that everyone was just taking their moment with Simone and that must, she must have appreciated that part of the honor of being there holding the American flag. So my other favorite part of the whole closing show was, I don't know if you noticed it, but I certainly did, was that Ryan Lochte was expunged from every video highlight they showed from like Saturday night through the final piece that Bob Costa showed Sunday night. It was as if he wasn't even there. Did you notice that? No, I didn't, Liz. No, yeah. I mean, I didn't miss him. I, I, I didn't miss him, but I didn't really notice that. Oh, well, that's quick work on NBC's part. <laughs> yeah. that they just Because he, I mean, he's certainly handsome and photogenic yes. and he's, you know, quite the Olympian. And, uh, but now they've just, uh, they got rid of him. Okay. That's yeah. nice to know. No, he was, that. he was gone. It just goes to show it is a short step from being a lovable idiot to just being an idiot you know <laughs> life is life is hard rye rye sorry uh, yeah i know you should have listened to the satellite sisters know, you should have stayed in the pool because he's, he's had a bad week liz you know four of his sponsors have dropped him you know uh and maybe they were going to drop him anyway i mean you probably know more about this mm-hmm. than you know i mean that are are they are sponsors looking for excuses to uh, to drop like old swimmers because I mean it wasn't like this really wasn't if I was speedo for example mm-hmm. I would just you know sign sign up Katie Ledecky right away <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't you put her out there front and center sure sure but I would say this I mean there just aren't that many super famous swimmers in the world. And he is clearly one of them, 100% recognizable all over the world. So I feel like they would have hung on to him for a while. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, I mean, he may not be the brightest bulb, but he has a sense of fun, or we felt like he did. And, like, he's an amazing Olympian. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure it was painful for them to have to cut someone who was so recognizable, but obviously they did the right thing. I, I was just happy that NBC must've decided like it was going to bum all of us out to just see him again. So he was, he was gone. But other than that, I thought everything about the, that whole closing day from the closing ceremonies themselves to Bob Costas's final words about what right. it meant for Brazil and that closing video. I just thought it was lovely. It's just adding to my slump, Julie. Adding, I'm sorry, Liz. Adding to my slump. Um, I'm sorry. Well, you just got to take it easy. It's Tuesday. Don't rush into things. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I did notice and I thought, aha, this is exactly what Ryan Lochte needs to do now. Now that he has nothing. Now that he has, like, blown up his reputation. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see that um, uh, that uh, model CEO and now she's going to be a teacher, Tyra Banks, who is uh, chief executive of Tyra Beauty, is going to teach an MBA course um, at um, Stanford University. One of the, you know, I that saw she- that. I saw that, Julie, and I thought of you because you, for a time, worked in the business school at Stanford. I University. did. I had I had a brief association working at um, at Stanford Business School. Uh, I don't want to overplay it or exaggerate it. For one season, I worked there in admissions. Um, but uh, this is she is going to be teaching a co-teaching a course, and the name of the uh, course is Project U. 
Building and Extending Your Personal Brand. Oh. Now, she's going to be teaching this with a faculty member at the School of Management um, at Stanford University. Um, but they just feel like she is really, you know, a great, great example of someone that has gone from being a supermodel now to, you know, she has that uh, television show, America's Next Top Model. She's had a talk show. She has beauty products. Uh, she is her own brand, Liz. Yeah. And oh, she for knows sure. how, she knows how to build it and extend it. So, um, so if you're at Stanford and, you know, you want to work on your own personal brand, you have to sign up for that class. I think it's going to be popular, Liz. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people are doing it, but in the course, in the course, she's going to share some of her, you know, the background of how actually she did it. And one of the things that she's going to talk about is how she cold, cold called the CEO of Zappos Shoes, you know, oh. you know the online shoes. Yeah, yeah. She didn't know that guy, Tony Hesse, I guess yeah. is you pronounce his name. Well, she, she wanted some advice about how to start her own company. So uh, she just picked up the phone and called. Now, I guess if you're supermodel Tyra Banks, you can yes. pick up the phone and call and Tony's going to answer it because he's like, hey, I want to talk to Tyra Banks. Supermodel, yes. right? right, right. But I, I, I think that's going to be harder for just your regular MBA student or, <laughs> you know, uh, MBA grad. But, that's true. So, but I, so you're thinking that maybe Ryan should audit this class somehow? I think he should. I think because he... He, he has to rebuild his brand, wouldn't yeah. you say? I mean, I think that's – and uh, and extend his personal brand mm -hmm. be, beyond this fiasco, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, he, again, if he had not lied to his mother, none of this would have happened, Liz, Exactly. Right? It's just uh -huh. like a fundamental rule of the Satellite Sisterhood. Do not lie to your mother. I mean, right. do not lie in general, but especially do not lie to your mother. Because that's know. how it all got started. Yeah. He told his yeah. mother that's tale, and then she passed it on, and things started to snowball. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought maybe Ryan might want to also, besides calling Tyra, he might want to call Tanya because I, I, I think Tanya Harding might be able to give him some perspective about what it is to uh, to hit rock bottom at the Olympics. So um, anyway, yeah, he's got a he's got a. Think he's going to get into wrestling like Tanya did. <laughs> you think he's going to go that route, I or is that's what's going to happen to him now? Now when we talk about the bad boys and girls of Olympics that he's going to be on that video reel of yeah. this. Of, of, I think so with yeah. Marion Jones and Tanya yeah. and a few others. Well, anyway, that's the downside of it. The upside of the Olympics is it was great. We loved it at home. We loved it being there. One last Olympic story I want to tell before we move on is to thank our sponsor, Eloquy. We have a new sponsor just announced at the top of the show. Julie, they provided part of my wardrobe for my trip to Rio. I did not know this. It's <laughs> okay. This, but, you know, I Leon and I worked a lot on what we were going to wear because you want to be fashionable because it is Brazil, but yes. you also need to be comfortable because mm -hmm. you're out and about all day and you're at these events and you really don't know where your day is going to take you. So, uh, so I picked out three items from Eloquy. First was a black lace peasant blouse. Mm, sounds nice, Liz. Sounds yeah. like you could work it for day or evening. I like the sound of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the second was a white top that was sort of a high-low, Julie. So it reminded me of Sheila because Sheila yeah. always, talked about, always talks about the fashionability of the high-low. 
And the third was a denim pant, sort of a step up from jeans, but as comfy as jeans. In a dark wash, they call it their Katie fit, K-A-D-Y. So, and Eloquy, it's an online destination for fashion in sizes 14 through 28. So, I'm in that category, and listeners, if you are too, you should check it out. You know, the average American woman is a size 14. And so finding fashionable clothes that are sort of, you know, on trend, but not too trendy, but also feel good when you have them on, that's what I was looking for for the real wardrobe, and that's what Eloquy helped me with. And I knew that my main accessories, you know, were going to be my USA hat and my Brazilian flag. So, so that's why I picked things out just in basic, the black, the white and the denim. And it was excellent. So the denim pant especially was helpful because the, it's tailored, but it was stretchy. So there were times, Leanne and I told this on Sunday show, like when we were going to the women's soccer game at Maracanã and Uh we got stuck in the, um, and the Brazilian traffic, and we were going nowhere. And we could see the stadium ahead of us, but we could not get there in a car. And all of a sudden, the driver was like, okay, just jump out here. Just jump out here, and, uh, you know, you can walk to the stadium. So I was really happy. I had my Katie Fit denim pant on for that maneuver, you know, climbing out of the van, running across the freeway, the sort of up and over. And there were many times... (laughs) Up and over the chain link fence. Yeah, it wasn't quite scrambling, scrambling over, over the razor wire. Wire. You did okay in the Katy pants. Yeah. That's good. But I'm there were plenty of times in the various arenas where we were climbing over rows of seats and things. So you know, and then you're sitting in your seat, and for you're four sitting hours. down for a long period yes. of time. Yeah, yes. you want to be comfortable. Yes, that's you, good. You want. So to be you think is this word of it could work in an office setting too, Liz? Oh, yeah. totally. Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay. This, this Katie pan comes in a lot of different fabrics and a lot of different colors. I just chose it in the denim because it seemed like it would work with my whole USA approach. Yes. Uh, so the, but it was a super fashionable few basics for my adventure. And so I would, I would recommend if you're interested in this, if you're in this size range, 14 to 28, go check out Eloquy for 50% off your first item and 40% off any additional items, you go to eloquy.com slash sisters. And eloquy, you're probably thinking, how do I spell that, right, Julie? I, I have no idea how to spell yes. that. I'm, I've okay. got a pen, paper. Okay, here you go. Okay. E-L-O-Q-U-I-I. So E-L-O-Q-U-I-I slash sisters and then use the promo code sisters during checkout and so you'll get as i say 50 percent off your first item plus an additional 40 percent off anything else you order and just check it out i would recommend it i had a lot of fun in my pieces if this if you're looking for fashionable uh clothes in these sizes go for it so uh thank you eloquy for being sort of the fundamental layer of my Olympic wardrobe, uh, and uh, and thanks for supporting Satellite Sisters. So um, so check that out. Uh, I recommend. Okay. okay, Liz. Okay, fundamental layer. I like it. Well, maybe you want to pack your bags again, Liz, because it's Tuesday, and we're talking about a big trend that's going on now that many people are now choosing to mark milestone birthdays. Maybe you're turning forty. 50, 60, whatever, or anniversaries 
uh, but they're choosing to do it by by uh, celebrating far from home. They they're inviting their friends along on trips to you know to really celebrate turning fifty or to celebrate turning sixty or maybe it's an anniversary. Um, what do so you it's, think? It's like a destination wedding. And, yeah, it's know, like a destination but wedding, a but this, but it's a birthday. Yes. Okay. I I just did this over Memorial Day. You know, my friend Vacher was turning fifty, and she got a core group of her friends, and we went to Cabo San Lucas together. Yeah. And uh, and it was really fun over Memorial Day weekend. It was you know husbands and wives. Some brought their kids, and it was. And that's very close. We're all, we all live in Southern California. So it wasn't, nobody had to make a long trip, but we had four days together. And the good news in this group is that we know each other really well. And most of us in different subsets had traveled together at various times. So see, I I can think, I can see that that would be pretty tricky. Like if you, if you, if you, you're friends with people or maybe, maybe you, you, you know, or you don't know the spouses and you're thinking of traveling together. You know, people have different habits when they travel and they have different different tastes of what they want to do. So that could that could be a little touchy. Yeah. I know, I agree. I think that if you don't have experience being away from home together, especially if you're choosing to be like in another country where things right. can get challenging or people aren't familiar. I think it's really risky. So the smaller the group the better would be my first piece of advice. Yes. Okay. Small group. So you're not yet that you just, you're just reducing the amount of differing opinions. Yeah. 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 And then it comes like who pays for what? I mean, this is, they had a big article about uh, this uh, celebration vacation experience and they had some etiquette points about who, you know, how to be a good guest and how to be a good host. Um, as a, when you have one of these group outings, you know, for a, you know, multiple birthday, um, th- you know, party kind of uh-huh. situation, you know, that you really need to establish before the trip, like who, you know, what are your costs associated? Is someone, is someone hosting where you're going to be staying yeah. or, you know, are you all responsible for your own airfare? And and then people are going to pick up the cost, you know, your, you know, food and drink back, you know, while you're there. So I think you got to get that um, pretty uh, straight. Mm-hmm. I think you also, I mean, for a lot, these, these are really expensive. It's a lot like the destination weddings yeah. now where I think people, as much as they love them, are beginning to say, you know, I just can't, I can't afford that. I just cannot. Do you think that's a good thing to do? Like if someone invites you to one of these birthday vacation celebrations where you could say, hey, I just can't afford to do this. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I think you have to, or even if you don't say that, just don't go. You yeah. know, if you're going to, if it's overextending you financially, yeah, you can't do that. You're not going yeah. to have fun. And guess what? The person who invited you doesn't want that for you either. You right. know, I feel the same way with the weddings. You know, yeah. the, I think part of the reason people have destination weddings is so that not everyone comes. <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I don't but. Know. Now they do say in terms of etiquette that if you do one of these celebrations, um, uh, you know, where you're going to a remote place, you cannot expect to get a gift on top of that as well. You know, that if you're inviting your guests to come and celebrate your birthday in, I don't know, Morocco or Mexico or wherever, 
you you know just don't be looking for the gift yeah. you know their presence is your present uh you got to you've got to realize that and then the whole can issue I, of, can i ask about that for a second does yeah. that same uh, law apply for a destination wedding I, well, I don't think it does, but I think, I think that, you know, I just think that it's so ingrained that if you're a guest at a wedding, you're supposed to bring a gift. Yeah. But unless this, you know, but then, but I think that's up to the bride and groom. If they do not want gifts, they need to, you know, they need to set that, set their guests straight. I think that's the thing. If you come, you don't have to send a gift, but if you're not coming, send a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Now, okay. Now on the issue of like, let's say you go on one of these destination celebrations. Do you, do you feel obligated to participate in all of the the activities? uh, No, I do not. No. (laughs) No, is there, was that a question or? Is yeah, no, no, no. That's how I was. I was seeking advice, but and you and you gave it to me, Liz, right off. You know. Well, you know, Julie, we as a family occasionally do vacations together, or we're at family weddings together, and we have often described this as vacationing together by ourselves, right? right. Or right. or vacationing simultaneously is another way I I look at this. I think if you try to do every single activity together over the course of, let's call it four or five days, you're just going to drive each other crazy because people like people don't want to do the same thing. The people with kids have one set of needs about what they want to do. The people without kids don't need to do some of that stuff. Or if people want to, like, if some people want to go play golf for four hours, fine, go ahead. I'll go lay on the beach. But uh-huh. I don't, don't drag me to come to your activities. So, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty, uh, you so, know. Yeah, I know, I've spoken about that. And that this, this guy mentioned that as the host, you should indicate you know, what are, you know, what are the mandatory, you know, yeah. things that you would like people to attend and what are the optional things? And, and, and again, free time is, is really important when you have any kind of group activity, yeah. you know, you just said, you just can't even for a weekend, let alone four <laughs> or five days, right? Everybody yes. No, no, I, yeah, I totally agree with that. That is, that is pretty fundamental. But but they have a lot of, you know, great ideas of where you can go and what you can do and that, you know, it is it is really fun to mark big birthdays and big anniversaries. And of course you want your friends around and and to somehow link that with some travel adventure is really exciting. It's just let's not go overboard, people. Yeah. Okay. Let's not everybody do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you can't. But okay, there are can some... I can I run a concept by you that I've actually discussed with my friends? Okay. Uh, All right. We were New Year's Eve, we were having this conversation. As a matter of fact, Julie, I was in Bend, Oregon with some friends, and one of the friends there um, is kind of a train buff. Like not kind of a train buff, like a serious train buff. Okay. And he was talking about how much fun it is to like that you can rent a private car for a train and then, you know, you can just attach it to an Amtrak train or whatever it is. And so you can, you can pay for a private car where you have your own dining and sleeping, but you're attached to trains that are moving around the country. So you can kind of pick your route. And I don't know, there was something about the way he was describing it that I thought, that sounds super fun. <laughs> that sounds so. And be stuck on a really on a train for a really long time. It doesn't oh. have to be a really long time. Oh, you could do a short. Yeah. Okay. All you right. You know. I mean, you want. It's not a day trip, 
but you know, he started saying like, imagine. So then immediately it took on like, okay, who has a big birthday coming up or what's a bit we could celebrate. And it's just, you know, if it's half a dozen people or whatever. So not this year, but next year I do have a milestone birthday coming up. Yeah. And the thought was raised in that conversation on New Year's Eve, maybe a train across the, you know, the Western United States, but in a Northern route, sort of up through Montana, like mm-hmm. up there. I've never been there. I, and that I might be fun. See, I, that would be a good excursion. Liz. So, that. yeah. so that's something that is, you know, it's on the table. I just want to, I just want to, so if anyone listening has ever done that, like traveled by train on a vacation, uh, I would love to, uh, to hear how that worked out for you. I I have plenty of time to, to pull, pull the trigger on this. It's just, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's a good idea, Liz. We'll get it's, you and it's something none of us have done. No, you know? I think that's, that's important too. Cause I think as you, as you hit some of these big birthdays, it is good to step out and do different things than you haven't done. Yeah. So, okay. okay. I mean, I'd like to hear if other people are planning big adventure, uh, experience vaca- uh, um, vacation birthdays or celebrations. These are fun. I like to hear about those. So okay. that's good. All right. Well, Liz, the other big thing that now that the, you know, that, that is going on this time of year, uh, that's, you know, now that the Olympics is over, that this is really, it's back to school time. It's uh-huh. uh, back to school for a lot of people, but it's also, I have talked to so many people that are have, taking their college students to college. And, yeah. you know, our youngest sister, Leanne, who is not with us today because she's busy writing her book, she is going to be taking her younger son, Colin, to college uh, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, and if you go to our Satellite Sisters Facebook group, The Satellite Sisters, a number of people have been posting pictures of their sons and daughters, um, you know, at the, at the critical drop-off. And I don't, Liz, I don't know... It's just, it has become, you know, it is a big deal. There's no, you know, you can't say, oh, you know, it's not that important. It is that important. It's such a big shift, both in the parents' life and the kids' life. And it's, you know, it's their start in college and university. and, And it's probably for the parents, you know, it changes the whole dynamics of their home life. You know, if they're, they become empty nesters or if there's one less child in the house, you know, it's all different. So, um, I was just, uh, so pleased to see some of the comments like Cynthia wrote, she had three key pieces of information, Liz, for parents that are taking their kids to college. She said, first of all, do not reminisce with your son or daughter. Okay. (laughs) They do not want to relive the first day of kindergarten. That's not where their head is as they're driving to college. That is really good advice because I'm sure your kids are really nervous. They're about to become college freshmen. Yes. Yeah. So they are not thinking about kindergarten one So so she said, do not do that. She said, number two, when it's time to go, you got to give them the hug. You got to tell them that you love them. And then you got to go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There is no hanging around. Now, a lot of colleges and universities have whole programs where they, you know, it's like, okay, parents, it is now time for you to leave. <laughs> Do not hang around. And Cynthia said her third point is walk away and don't look back. Okay. <laughs> this is the hardest, Liz. Okay. 
This is very difficult, okay? And if I, w- I would just uh, add to Cynthia's comment there, I'd like get out of town as soon as you've as you've made that break, okay? Because yeah. I know when we dropped our son, our second son, Will, off at college, we had to spend the night uh, in Providence, uh, an extra night. And we were just so miserable. I was like sobbing at dinner. I mean, we just should have left town. We should have done what Cynthia said. Just walk away. Don't look back. But I remember, Julie, when you left your older son, Nick, at college here in Southern California, it was the double whammy because you dropped him at college. And then didn't you go directly to LAX and move to Thailand or something? Wasn't that literally the same day you and your husband moved to Bangkok? Yeah, that was it. We left the country. Now, I don't recommend that, okay? I would please, do not do that, okay? Yes, you uh, don't look that back. that seemed like a lot to handle all over yes, the Yes, was, that was a lot. That was, that maybe was too much. That was a big shock to everyone. Yeah, so uh, don't do that. Uh, Jenny wrote and she said, don't try giving the advice as you're doing the college drop-off. It's, it's yeah. really, it's too late for that. They are not, again, they're not listening. Their head is not there. You know, of course, uh, or any of that. That's not the, you know, the time. I'd also say, you know, I have a friend, Grace Ann, who was dropping her daughter off at college. And she, you know, she had a long drive. And I thought she was pretty smart because she was asking for books on tape, a recommendation, because she knew, like, on the trip back, she was going to be in the car. And it's it's a good, it's a good way to distract yourself, you yeah. know, so that you're not just sobbing all the way home. You know, I thought that, that was, um, that was good. Um, you know, and I think you just, you've got to, uh, you know, and I know Leon will, will take this all into consideration. I'd also say that, you know, this is, there is a, another big shift if you have a daughter or a son, if you have a daughter, the good news is you're, she's going to text you like within an hour of you leave of driving away, she's going to text you or call you that night or fit, you know, or she's going to FaceTime with you and you're going to see that she loves her new roommate and it's all going well. Your son, you are never going to hear from that child. Okay. (laughs) You're going to have to chase them down. Mothers of boys. I mean, I just, I'm just telling you because I've had this discussion with many mothers of boys. It's like, why don't they call us? Why, 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 why don't they call us? I mean, we had a perfectly nice relationship. I send him to college and now he does not text. He does not call. What's wrong? You know, what have I done wrong? You know, and you've done nothing wrong. They're just boys. That's what they do. They don't call and they don't text. Okay. So, um, all right. <laughs> That's important. So I, I want Leon. So Leon will be going through it in the next couple of weeks. But these comments are really helpful. Keep them coming. We love the pictures. You know, people. Yeah. Still- another another part of Leon's transition, which you mentioned for others, is not only is she dropping her son off uh, at college, but then she comes home and she officially becomes an empty nester. Yeah. So it's not like the first son where you know you still have the second son living at home. In this case, she's going to come home and. You know, we, I noticed on, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, we have a lot of listeners who are experiencing that for the first time. I know. And Liz, I was talking to a friend today who was dropping her son. This is year two. And I said, oh, well, it must have been easier this year. She said, it's no easier. No easier. She still finds it. She's just said it's the drumbeat. 
you know, she, he didn't spend much time at home this summer and then she took him back to school and she knows he's going to be spending even less time in the future with it. You know, it's all sad. Yeah. You know, yeah. moms are sad when they, you know, they, when they send their children off, there's no, there's no two ways about it. So I don't know. I just, it's so, it's so funny that it seems to increase with every generation because I know like I dropped Monica off at college and I dropped Leon off at college, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Sheila and I both drove Monica to college. She went to Georgetown. And so we just took like a sister's road trip, got to Georgetown, dropped her off, you know. And there were, you know, it was sad. But it's not like our parents were volunteering for that <laughs> duty. <laughs> I know. I know. It was, I know. It's, uh, that's just... That's just the way it is. That doesn't happen anymore. I think no. I th- these are precious moments. They yes. are big moments, and it's a big change. And it's uh, and it, and when you do have the double whammy, when you know you become the empty nester, that that is a big life transition. So yeah. Yeah. uh, so that's that's important. So okay, all right. So yeah, keep posting on that at Satellite Sisters uh, in the in the Facebook group because. This transition goes on for a month now, I know. And I'm sure Leanne will have a perspective on it uh, once she actually gets through it. So now the story I've been waiting for, Julie. Fish fraud. What Fish is- fraud. I just don't you love that title, Liz. Okay, here's the headlines. One out of three fish um, in major areas, New York, Los Angeles, Boston, are mislabeled. This is an environmental group called Oceana. They took 1,200 samples of fish, okay, and a, and a good third of them were mislabeled. So when you go into, you know, any, you know, a grocery store, a, a fish store, and you think you're buying snapper or you think you're buying grouper, forget it. It is probably, really? and people don't. I mean, the the problem is because most people don't really know the difference of what red snapper is supposed to look like or what grouper is supposed to look like. Um, that it's just, you know, that's, that things are mislabeled and that because we get so much of our fish outside the U S where, you know, in maybe other countries, they don't have the same standards in terms of labeling. Uh, you're, you're not eating, you're not eating what you think you're eating. That's all I'm saying, Liz. Well, that's okay. That's a worry. So yeah. they're calling it something else because they can charge more. Is that Yes. The yes. Yeah. This is more like if. If you're buying tilapia, it's probably tilapia, Liz. Okay, because that is that's the that's the cheap white fish that yeah. uh, that we're all familiar with, right? But let's say you're like trying to live in it up, and you're buying some snapper or you're buying some grouper because those are the mo- most expensive. And what if you order it in a restaurant? Okay, you know you you know, and they put some sauce on it. Yeah, you I would don't never know what know. to get. No, you, I you would, never know. No. You never ever know. And even if I suspected, I wouldn't challenge. You would. Yeah. Yeah, that no, that's not happening. You're right. So it's fish fraud, Liz. There's a lot of it going on. And how do we protect well, ourselves against well, fish fraud? We, I knew you were going to ask me that question, Liz, and I have uh, have an answer. First of all, they recommend that this Oceana group. They said stay away from red snapper and grouper because you're you're just whatever you buy, it's not going to be it's oh. not going to be that. So um, they they said that there are and you should stay away from. 
like uh, the more processed it is, the easier it is to substitute fish. So things that say seafood stew, don't buy it, Liz. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or spicy tuna in sushi, sushi rolls. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's spicy tilapia that they're dressing up as tuna. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now they recommend going to Whole Foods because they said the Whole Foods has a very strong standard and or standard and process for labeling uh, their fish and, and making sure that, you know, that it's coming that the fish that the fish you're buying is what it what it's supposed to be. But of course I'm never shopping at Whole Foods because that's where the killer bees are, Liz. I in, know. I was gonna hit say. the cherry tomatoes. So I that is now <laughs> so I can't go there. Um but you could also try Walmart or Costco because they have they buy such high volumes of fish, they have good third party certification for the fish that they sell at Walmart and Costco. Okay. All okay, right. fish fraud, it's out there, Liz. <laughs> just, right? one, just one more thing to worry about. Oh, my God. I know, I know. You, you I can't know. trust the cherry tomatoes. You can't cr- trust the fish. What, yeah. what's, what are you supposed to do? Well, shocking news. So so what what are you doing with yourself, sister, now that you're, uh, now that you're back, back from Rio? You know, uh, well, it is interesting. The, uh, you know, my last day at my job was the last day of June. Then the first day of July, I went to Bend for the whole month of July. Ferris and I hit the road, went up to the little bungalow in Bend and, you know, hung out with Monica and our brother Dick and my friends who live there in Bend and other friends came to visit. So when I'm in Bend, I very much feel like I'm on vacation. So there was that. Then I came home and immediately turned around and we went to the Olympics for a week. So really, and then it was a weekend when I got home. So really yesterday was the first day of the rest of my life, Julie. Okay. Uh, Okay. Because yesterday was the first day that I would have been at work on a normal work day. It's a Monday, not on vacation, not anything that I just didn't go to work. Didn't uh-huh. have a job. So um, so I'm kind of still experimenting with what do I want my routine to be. And people who have been listening know that part of my goal is to not get sucked into another job right away. I, I have the time and the freedom to explore, to unwind, uh, to just sort of like get into a little bit of a groove here in Santa Monica where I live because I've spent the last six years just constantly on an airplane, constantly traveling. So I really want my new life to just be home-based. But you still, you got to get out and do something, right? Right, right. You so, can't lie around and watch reruns of the Rio Olympics no, forever. No, you can't. You can do and, that for one day. You've had your day. You've seen the, the closing ceremonies <laughs> twice now. And also, I really feel like my number one goal is my health, or more broadly, my health and fitness. I got to, like, get a grip and pull myself together and get healthier, get in a routine that's going to help me, you know, really age well. Goodness. <laughs> so the So here's what I tried out yesterday, Julie, as the first day of the rest of my life. I thought, okay, get up. You got to walk the dog because the first mm-hmm. urgent thing is to get Ferris out of the house. Uh, so go for a short walk with Ferris, come back, cup of coffee, 
little light breakfast, a little light news reading, you know, read the newspaper. Then I regrouped, put on my real exercise clothes and a bag of stuff. And I walked from here to the pool where I swim laps. So that's like a mile and a half. So I walked a mile and a half to the pool, swam in the pool for, you know, did my laps for, I just do 30 minutes straight is where I'm starting. Just 30 minutes nonstop back and forth. Then after the pool, uh, got a little protein shake and then walked home. So that was like a total three hour round trip. So it had the advantage of A, being good for me and B, burning up a lot of time because I got nothing to do with the whole rest of my life. <laughs> Just get out and walk, Liz. That's it. it, it it's, it's, it really, it's much, yeah, it's slower than driving. Yes, driving it is. Yes, it is. It's slower. I've got the time to walk and the distance is not far. So I feel like I should do that. So, so that's what I want to do every morning, except here I am day two, not doing it today because we're doing this. So I need, I think I need like a plan A and a plan B, you know, like my morning exercise plan and my afternoon exercise plan on the days where we are working in the morning. Right. I think that's it. But you know, you have plan A, yeah, you have your A day and your B day. Yeah. I think even Olympic athletes have that, Liz. <laughs> and you have no bad weather there. So you can't ever, you can't ever like know. say, oh, oh I'm not going to go out. It's raining today. So just... Yeah. But walking is good, yeah. Or you could always go to the mall, walk around there, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, the just walking. I I like destination walking. Yes. Uh, like if I'm going to walk to a place and do something, like even to walk to do my shopping or walk to go swim my laps, that's uh, more entertaining for me than just wandering around the neighborhood. Back in the day when Ferris was young and spry and you're just walking your dog, well, that's fun. Then you can just walk around the neighborhood. But he's not really up for that anymore. I think right. Ferris is in the final phase of his uh his existence so his walks are short so so now i'm looking at the group exercise class schedule julie at the place where my pool is and wanted to get your advice because i think you've tried everything i i love group exercise liz i like to try it i don't stick with it but i do like to try things yes okay would you go to a class well first have you ever tried spinning and do you like it i hate it hate it just don't do that that okay. is the worst. Okay, Don't good. Be- no, I'm glad to hear that because oh, I've, tri- I've tried that it twice is, and hated oh. it both times. I mean, the lactic acid just builds up in my legs. It's just bad. And it's stinky in there. Those stinky, sweaty bikes. Oh, hate it. I just don't like people yelling at me. So I feel And like- no amount of music is going to, yeah. like, yeah. you know, change the change the reality of that thing. Yeah. So. so the other morning class besides spinning is something called... This is the only thing that could be worse than spinning would be something called spin and abs. Why would anyone go do that? Yeah, because your legs hurt so much. Now you might as well make your stomach hurt too. Okay. Okay. Then there's a body sculpting class. I've done that before and that's kind of fun. Have you tried that? Yes, I've done that. I I find them boring, Liz. Like I'm just, because I really... I, I really don't believe that if I keep doing, you know, those painful exercises that my body is going to be sculpted. I just, I, there's, you know, there's a disconnect between yeah. what they're, what they're promising and what's actually happening. But, but again, I think the group class, the, just the group pressure, sometimes the socialization that maybe yeah. you'll meet someone nice in the body um, sculpting class. Yeah. Well, then there's something called, Zirk it. 
And I mean, I've done circuit, which I like because you don't get bored in right. circuit training, right? right? It's just a few minutes on every piece of equipment and boom, somebody blows a whistle or rings a bell and you move on to the next thing. I have no idea what circuit is. And is course, that like Zumba with circuit training? That could, oh, okay. Maybe that's what the Z is for. Oh. I, I think that sounds intriguing, Liz. <laughs> intriguing. I think, I think, I think the circuit, yes. <laughs> yes. Two thumbs up to that. All right. What is strongboard? Do you, have you ever heard of that? No, 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 I haven't. Okay. That there's, scares me. There's something no. called strongboard burn, which I know oh, I won't go no, to. Because I would never go to anything with the word burn in it. Yeah, but good, good, good thinking. Strongboard TRX, whatever. So, okay, so we're eliminating the strongboard. There's Pilates, which I've done. Yeah. Maybe I should try that. There is straight up Zumba, which I know you are a fan of. Yes, I've, I am. I've only ever done aqua Zumba. Do you think I would like just regular Zumba? I do. I do. Stay in the back, Liz, because it's harder than you think. But, uh, but, but I do. I think you'd like it. Yeah. Who doesn't like, you like to dance? Who yeah. doesn't like to dance? Yeah. Okay. That's true. I like to dance as long as I'm in the back of the class. That's, yeah. Just that's stay true. in the back. That's what you have to do. Yeah. Let's see. Then there's something called Kimba. What is that? Oh, that's oh, kids Zumba. So <laughs> I don't think I should go to kids Zumba. No, you're going to stand out. They're going <laughs> to, the kids would notice that you don't know the dance steps. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. And then there's Choga. Oh, that's children's yoga. Okay. Also not doing that. Something then yoga wall. What do you know what that is? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. I might have to go down there cause we're doing this this morning on a Tuesday morning. I might have to spend Tuesday afternoon just kind of in the club watching a lot of these things, just seeing what's really going on in these classes before I commit. And then what else do we have here? Yeah, those are the those are the key things. There's the yoga, Pilates, and then everything that is something hard plus abs, which you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we have full agreement that you just stay away from the burning abs uh, kind of classes, and that spinning, that's burning, abbing. No. Yes, those are all good. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think I need to work up to those. Okay, so so that's my plan, Julie, is like ideally every morning I would get up, but a slow start with my dog and then spend the rest of the morning being healthy and good. Because I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that finds like when I exercise in the morning, then also the whole rest of my day is better. You know, you eat better, you just generally feel more positive about yourself as opposed to waiting until the end of the day and doing your exercise at the end of the day. And now that I don't have a job, I don't have to do that, right? Yeah. So, okay, I will will report back. This will all be an experiment. I know myself well enough to know that the more of a routine I can get into, the better Mm -hmm. off I'll be. Okay. What I don't want to do is wake up any every morning and say, "Okay, what exercise should I do today?" I need you won't. You won't. Yeah, that's that's not. I I, I won't do that. Yeah. Then, then otherwise, one of my big goals is to kind of explore Los Angeles. You know, okay. This is a big, beautiful, gorgeous city, and obviously, I've explored it some. I've lived here for a little over ten years now, but there are things going on here that I have not had time to take in, like the whole new Broad Art Museum downtown. Uh, 
I'm sure your son and daughter-in-law, who are both art people, when they were here on vacation last month, I'm sure they went to the Broad. I, I think they did. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. they they liked it very much. Yeah, I'd like to see it. Well, I have a neighbor here in Dallas who just got back from from Santa Monica and said she really enjoyed that museum. Yeah. So, so I would like to do that anyway. So the uh, so next Tuesday, I hopefully I'll have a few things to report on. Just you want to lock a few things in place in your daily schedule, and then. Then be free to be creative with the rest of your schedule. You want spontaneity in your schedule, Liz. That's good. But, yeah. not, but not too much. Yeah, just a little. Just a little. Because <laughs> spontaneity could result in going out to breakfast, then going out to lunch, then going out to dinner. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to not have that. I'm trying to not have meals be the building blocks of my schedule, you know? Good idea, Liz. Good I eat at home. That's a that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um okay, there you have it. Wow. Well, I think you have a busy week planned, Liz. Okay. I, I, I'm I looking forward to uh, your exercise report. And Liz on LA, I think it could be a whole new Twitter feed for us, Liz, if you you know just want to report on some of your findings about the happenings going on in your big city. Okay. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Sat Sisters. I am at SS Liz. Leon is at Leon Dolan. And Julie, you are at Julie Satsis. Yes. Right? Yeah. And uh, I think Sheila and Monica have secret Twitter feeds. We'll figure out what they are. By the way, we get a lot of posts on Facebook on like, what's up with Sheila and Monica? They're, they're around. They're listening. They, they just have not had the time this summer to participate. You know, Sheila's running her own full-time tutoring business now. And during the summer, when all the kids are available, she is working very hard. Same with Monica. So we're hoping they'll be able to drop in from time to time. But you can, uh, you can always follow Satellite Sisters. You can join our Facebook group. We try to keep you up to date with everything uh, that is going on with us. So, okay, well, fun Tuesday, Julie. You, you're really getting into the spirit, Liz, now that you don't have a job. You just said you're going, you're going loose. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. And we'll talk, to, we'll talk again. Okay. We will talk again. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. 